Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. There's an article called Mysterious Species Bury Their Dead and Carve Symbols 100,000 Years Before Humans. I thought the way they uh, phrased this statement before humans was interesting. Um, it says that they discovered evidence of a archaic human species that buried their dead and carved symbols on cave walls before the earliest evidence of burials by modern humans. So I think that's interesting. One of the things that they um, try to say is that they conclude that the this species was called humano, humo nolidae uh, and Looking at the cranium size of the brain, they or cranium size of the skull, they conclude that the this species' brain was one third of the human a human brain. But the interesting thing is that if you look at the size of human brain, the human brain, it has been getting larger over time. Now, does that conclude that we're getting bigger brains? Um, and because of diet or because of uh, advances in in medicine, etc. Uh, I don't know, but but one thing that is true is it seems that the next generation intellectually keeps getting smarter, and so we might be able to say that that's the product of of the environment we're in more more game gaming environments are teaching people how to be more adaptive and responsive to the their environments and so they get smarter but to conclude that because this species had one-third size of brain that they were dumb is is uh, part of this evolutionary climb to progress and there's a difference between evolution and adaption i think that what we're seeing today with human brains is adaption is that we continue to adapt and become smarter and adjust to our environments and to the conditions of survival but to conclude that a person with one-third brain could not reason or could not communicate or could not uh, uh, function what biologically like modern-day humans is, I think, erroneous. And I'm going to get into the, into the reasons why I think that this, the evolution virus has uh, plagued mankind with this kind of of thought. They used to think that Neanderthals were dumb. But after watching how Neanderthals hunted and how they were able to kill deer and how they were able to coordinate the hunt and driving uh, the herd into a funnel and then the bravery required to kill the deer with a spear they changed their mind that Neanderthal was dumb. They, they started to be actually amazed at the Neanderthal's skill in killing uh, its prey or 
killing uh, deer because they found injuries typical of bull, bull riders in terms of their injuries and then they were able to realize that the Neanderthal was actually very brave in his, his tactics and in his um, sensory capabilities of determining how to kill the deer and also group coordination because they had to communicate um, to drive the deer into that, that location. And if you've ever seen a deer in the wild, you cannot approach it. There's no way. They can smell you. You have to have you have to be very skilled in hunting to even get close to a deer, let alone close enough to spear a deer. And so they go on in their article. They said that they found number of symbols engraved on the cave walls, which were estimated to be 241 to 335 thousand years old and one thing that's interesting is that a lot of times science what they don't know what something is they dismiss it as either art but they used to think that Indian rock art is what they called it was not a language but was just pictures and that they these were dumb people that that just drew pictures of what they saw in their environment and it wasn't until a man in Utah discovered that the symbols were actually a, a form of hieroglyphs and they told a story that they realized that it was a language. And the, um, the way they discovered that was that the reenactment of Custer's battle. And they found that the, the hieroglyphic language was 35 times more condensed than English. To describe the battle in English, it would take 35 times as many words. So then they kind of dismissed that and said, well, we don't think that it is a language. We think that it's still rock art. Um, okay. So let's get into this discussion of Darwinism in the machine. Because that, that same type of thinking has become a nexus for evolutionary algorithms in the machine. But let's, let's look at Darwinism and put it on trial. Let's make it, let's, let's become the prosecuting attorney on Darwinism instead of the defensive attorney. The case against evolution examines the logical errors in the theory. Evidence does not create law. That's an important thing. We, there are man-made laws and there are divine laws. Man creates his laws to govern his social interactions. God creates his laws to govern mankind. Divine, 
divine laws can only be discovered and not created. So when we look at divine laws or inalienable laws or indelible rights, these are rights that were given by God. They can't be revoked because they are perfect or the best or because they're from God. So we don't have power to, to uh, revoke them. 1 Corinthians 15, 38 through 39 says, But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one flesh of men, another of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. All life has a spiritual pattern. Each life form operates within a sphere of glory and intelligence. A flower does not evolve into an elephant. Breeders can produce specific traits in offspring. However, no species have ever bred that can survive outside their original sphere. So if I take an ape and I genetically breed it with a lion that will create a species that can exist for a time but it will not last the same way you might say with the liger and the tiger that was the kind of the classic one that people looked at but that was still within the cat family they did not breed a cat with a dog and have success The resurrection is proof that evolution is false. That's the ultimate. We go back again to divine law. When Christ was the first fruit to overcome death and receive a glorified and exalted body of glory. So again, this higher sphere of intelligence and glory. And as a result, he became immortal. He would live forever in this glorified, exalted body. It is impossible, therefore, for a lesser sphere to evolve into a greater sphere of glory. That's Doctrine and Covenants 130.22-23. Because the re main reason it states that we can't do that is we don't have the power to do that. Just like in the species, they don't have the power to evolve from a plant to a mammal. And because of that, how does the resurrection occur? It recurs through power, priesthood power. And that power then allows to go from our mortal state to, our, to an immortal state, a free gift from Christ because of his resurrection. Being the first fruits of the resurrection, he therefore provided the way for all men to be resurrected. The Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man, and the Son also, but the Holy Ghost hath not a body of flesh and bones, but is a personage of spirit. Were it not so, the Holy Ghost could not dwell in us. A man may receive the Holy Ghost, and it may descend upon him and not tarry with him. Life came from an older spirit and was brought to the earth during creation. If you watch, or I mean, if you listen carefully, to 
the creation story in either Moses or Genesis. Genesis is a little bit different from Moses in the Pearl of Great Price. But if you listen to the stages, the stages were not evolutionary. They were stages that would accommodate life, an atmosphere, water, land, plants. And then things were brought in to this sphere called Earth that would then provide a means for life. Life did not evolve. The earth was organized for ex from existing matter. Scientists claim the cosmos may be 12 million billion years old. Now they actually claim that it's 15 because they can see further due to technology. And every time they look at the edges of space, they keep seeing more mass, more plasma, more matter. So matter is endless, and it continues to expand on uh, indefinitely. They also claim that the elements were produced from supernovas, but yet they find supernovas internally in the known universe, and they found thousands of supernovas using machine learning. The elements are eternal and the elements can neither be created nor destroyed. Jesus Christ was the creator of many worlds, Doctrine and Covenants 7624, that by him and through him and of him the worlds are and were created, and the inhabitants thereof are begotten sons of, and daughters of God. A spiritual transformation must be in place, affecting life forms before Christ's second coming to withstand his glory. Evolution can't and will not address what will happen in the presence of a being of glory. Evolution must maintain a narrow scope of its explanations. Evolutionary explanations must be incremental, incremental, incremental and malleable enough to predict small naturalistic changes resulting over millions of years. Any cataclysmic change can't be predicted or explained and should be avoided. So again, if we look at this new uh, grouping of humanoid, then evolution should avo avoid this because it can't be explained in the evolutionary chain. So they would have to then dumb down this species so that it was incremental enough to fit into the missing link theory. The ape moved from the trees to the ground to bipedal to then uh, walking, thinking, talking creatures called humans, Homo sapien, Neanderthal. Evolution does not answer the question, what is the purpose of life? Evolution doctrines can't be falsified until a substitution theory is in place as a working solution. And as far as science is concerned, which science is also another form of truth, but pseudoscience, meaning if it is connected politically, is not 
pursuing truth, but is pursuing power, and evolution then would be used as a form of power and control. Evolution can't prove enthropy. Enthropy means the dissipation. So the brain, according to evolutionary science, is a mystery because it defies enthropy. It doesn't get go from a state of higher organization to lesser organization. Species or humans, we, they would say, would should, as we grow in population, destabilize and move into more wars and conflicts, and we should destroy ourselves. And then the insects would rule the world. There are some uh, evolutionary scientists out of Oxford that believe that. But in reality, the opposite is occurring. The golden age of peace was upon us, and the elite have used that to generate wars, to destabilize economies, to gain money, and to gain control. More to gain control, because they have plenty of money. They have over $600 trillion, and they're using that now to gain power and control. But as far as entropy in the world, individuals are becoming more empowered, they're becoming smarter, and the age of peace is upon us, and empires are dissolving. They don't last long. Saddam's empire didn't last long. Osama bin Laden's empire didn't last long. And the Taliban's empire is short-lived. And we could go on and on in the list. ISIS's power is dissolved. It can't sustain itself because it doesn't have the monetary means to sustain itself. Russia and Ukraine's conflict will be short-lived. And the grab will be for the oil. DNC 101.24 And every corruptible thing, both of men or a beast of the field, or the fowls of the heavens, or the fish of the sea that dwells upon all the face of the earth shall be consumed. Adam was the first man on the earth. All major civilizations started after the flood. Prehistoric man has limited about has limited knowledge about his physical evidence and could fit on one table. Evolutionists have created a fantastic fantasy about the origins of man, yet are unable to demonstrate the common ancestor from which man came. Well, modern-day man, which is us, was create, came from Adam. Adam was created in the image of God and not an ape. Evolution in the Darwinistic usage implies a completely naturalistic metaphysical system in which matter evolved to its present state of organized complexity without any participation of a creator. In other words, what they're saying is life created randomly and life should create randomly now. So if you see spontaneous generation of life, or in the oceans, if all of a sudden new species are emerging randomly, then you have this fantastic story 
or fantasy of evolution, Darwinism. So Darwinism then is conclusion that multiple multiplicity provided the mechanism for all life is parasitic. In other words, it should fit the entropy argument. Things should be breaking down parasitically. If you put a large number of parasites in any environment, it be destabilize that environment and becomes chaotic and the system dies. That is the same for stars. Stars will become chaotic and die. The truth is that stars are not becoming chaotic and dying, but the electric universe shows that they live longer than evolution predicts. The stars, our sun, will not burn out in 600,000 years, but will continue on and continue on in its size and burning for longer because of plasma in the universe and the electric current effect. The only way our sun would die is if that electric current stopped. Evolution can't create higher life forms. Mechanized evolution has not demonstrated life. Okay, there was one experiment where they took some amino acids and then they put electrical effect on the amino acids and they thought they found, or proteins, sorry, proteins in the water, and they thought they found what was an amino acid that formed. And they got really excited and said, hey, we generated amino acid. Amino acids will combine to create proteins. So the next thing is they, they put a mixture of amino acids together and see, tried to get a protein to generate, and they never have been able to do that. Because if they were able to do that, they could generate proteins, proteins could fold, folding proteins could create genes, genes could then create organs, organs could then create a species. But that species would have to be functional. Well, then they'd have to have some way in simulation to simulate billions or trillions of generations of adaption, and there just is not enough time in the known universe, which is 15 billion years, for all the features to form. And so this idea of multiplicity, even though it can be simulated somewhat with genetic algorithms and learning algorithms in the machine, cannot perform perfectly because there's not enough time. So then the, you need more computational cycles, you need bigger machines, you need quantum machines, and then you create quantum simulations or quantum realities. And, and those type of things then are projections of the human mind as it relates to creation. Evolution is a hypothesis, not a fact. Scientists believed to formulate theories in order to explain pre-existing experimental data and to verify their theories by accumulating additional support evidence. In scientific practice, the theory normally precedes the experiment or fact-finding process rather than the other way around. So what they do, and this is kind of a dangerous thing, but it's the way the human mind works. You've got to have to have a model to explain the data. So they have data, and then they build a model, and then they, they, they don't go gather a whole bunch of other data and look at it. They just try to see if they can make their data fit the model. 
A problem or question must be posed for discovery and explanation. Evolutionists insist on logic positivism demanding verifiability. Okay, so if you, if you project upon a model, you limit your data, then those individuals who are looking to be heard must verify within that model, within that data, verifiability and positivity, and they call that objectivism. The scientific method narrowed down by the oligarchy to a specific domain of data. Evolution scientists are fanatics. They're desperate not to be wrong and looking for a breakthrough fact that will vindicate them. Popular believe that science began with an imaginative or mythical conjecture about the world. Evolution is a fundamentalist religion. Whenever a scientist, science is enlisted in some other cause, religious, political, or racialistic, the result is always that the scientists themselves become fanatics. The evolutionary virus is a result of fanatical thinking, not scientific thinking. The fossil problem is that the fossil records do not prove gradual change. The history of fossils suggests most species exhibit no directional change during their tenure on Earth. They appear in the fossil records looking pretty much the same as when they disappeared. I found that really interesting when I was uh, down at BYU looking at the fossils. That most of them had the parts of structures that we are commonly known. They had femurs, they had... They had hearts, they had spines, they had skulls, they had brains. Everything, even down to the trilobites, they found that the trilobites themselves were complex. They had a digestive system, they had a nervous system, they could move. Number two, sudden appearance in any local area. A species does not arise gradually by the steady transformation of its ancestors. Okay, so if you apply then the genetic algorithm and looking for how to take a set of constrained blocks and then make it bipedal, which using genetic algorithms, then through billions of generations and um, objectives and fitness equations, you can teach the bipedal how to walk. So then the uh, I saw one where it was, they had it jumping over uh, barriers and sometimes the genetic algorithm would roll over a barrier and eventually it got really efficient and it would jump like a human being over a barrier. But then they had, they separated the barrier out and it built this huge foot for rolling over the barrier. And so uh, what we should see is people with huge feet, if they were in areas where there were barriers where they had to adapt. And maybe you could say, well, isn't that what a ski is? Maybe. Um, but 
in this sense, someone who's on skis is not uh, running down the slope either because we don't have that capability. So the species appears all at once and is fully formed. Therefore, one conclude the theory of natural selection is not a fact as the explanation of species origination and morphological directions.